In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Matthew's account of Jesus' baptism is just a very few verses, but it has everything we need. John questioning why Jesus is being baptized at all, then the baptism itself, very straightforward, except that the skies open, the spirit descends like a dove, and a voice, presumably God, says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. A few verses, no multisyllabic words, but a whole lot going on. So let's start with John's question, which may well be our own. If we're churchgoers, we've heard this gospel many times. We know Jesus gets baptized. But do we ever stop and think, why? If the baptism in the Jordan was for repentance and given John's hellfire sermons, that's clearly the case, why exactly does Jesus need to be baptized? He doesn't have anything of which to repent. As I thought about this, I recall last week's gospel when we read about Jesus being circumcised eight days after his birth. Circumcised like every eight-day-old Jewish boy. Circumcision, the mark of the covenant between God and Abraham and the mark of membership in the covenantal community of Judaism. But again, why? Surely God's own son isn't just a part of that covenantal community. Jesus is the sign and the fulfillment of the covenant between God and the people. So what gives? Last week, just a little sidebar here. Last week, my husband Tom and I were driving into the city. Coming down Central Park West, we passed the Universalist Society, and on the front and on the side of the building was a large poster that declared, we are a God-optional community. We are a God-optional community. In case you're wondering, for the record, we are not. <laughs> it struck me as an odd bit of advertising, though, partly because many, maybe even most of the communities in, of which we are a part, and in which we spend a considerable amount of our time, are God-optional. Most workplaces, public and many private schools, most hospitals, though perhaps founded by religious people, do not make religion a prerequisite for admission or for treatment. God optional is pretty much the norm, at least in the secular Northeast. Curious that, but it got me thinking. Clearly, we're not God optional. We profess belief in the Trinity, one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of course, we wrestle with what that means and who God is and how it is that we can really know God. We may well question whether we're being led by the Holy Spirit or just our own desires, good or otherwise. Jesus, fully God and fully human, 
Not easy to wrap our heads around that either. But before you find yourself thinking, hmm, God optional, doesn't sound that bad, let's go back to Jesus' baptism and even to his circumcision. As we understand the meaning of the rites, Jesus needn't have undergone either, yet he did. Admittedly, circumcision was Mary and Joseph's decision, but baptism was Jesus' own. What I have come to as I think about this and think about all that Jesus will undergo in his ministry, not the miracles in which others are healed or forgiven, but the whole range of human joys and friendships, the rejection, the suffering and death that is ahead for him, what I realized is that from the moment Jesus comes to John at the riverbank, he is choosing to enter fully into human life, all of it. For Jesus, for God, unlike for us, that's a genuine choice. Now let's be honest, even we good Episcopalians and not we only, sometimes choose to make God optional, even expendable. And that doesn't even take into account what we've promised in our baptism. But they too might make us want to think twice because they're hard, often calling us to act against our own self-interest. Sometimes promises may ask us to put ourselves at risk. But at his baptism, God in Christ decides, chooses to risk everything for us. Jesus' baptism is the announcement that we are not optional to God. Not one of us, not one of us is expendable there is much about us that is and can be lovable and lovely. But there is much else. We know it. God does too. Yet Jesus steps into the fullness of our lives and experiences it all. The joy of children running to meet him. The caress of a mother who loved him. The thanks of a leper he healed and being sold out by one of his closest friends, being tortured, mocked, abandoned, and then brutally killed. He enters into it all. It would be easy enough to despair of us humans, but God does not, Jesus will not. We are not optional to God. We are not expendable. So the heavens open and a voice says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Pleased because God made flesh in Jesus can show us just how valued each one of us is. Loved and treasured enough to die for. Loved and treasured enough to choose to raise us up from death. No one is being baptized today at St. James, but we shall renew our baptismal covenant 
And if you've not yet been baptized, do join in and consider whether you might want to enter into these promises and the life of faith they inaugurate. Honestly, don't know that I should be saying this, but honestly, no one need be baptized. God's love and grace is not contingent on that sacramental act. It is a free gift. But when we are baptized, grace washes over us and through us to others. Strangely, perhaps the hardest baptismal promise is the one that may seem most straightforward. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? When I meet with families to prepare them and their children for baptism, I always say the quick translation is, will you go to church? But oh my, what that may open you and me up to. We are not a gathering of like-minded people. Heaven knows the apostles weren't. Precisely because God wants us all, seeks to draw each of us into the fullness of life. We come together not to have our views and our biases confirmed, but to hear the scriptures, live into what we learn from them about the realm of heaven and God's desire to draw all people into the kingdom. And if we are of like mind, it will be because through an astonishing gift of grace, we have actually come to understand the mind of Christ. Nothing else. We come to share in the bread and wine, and all are welcome, all of us receiving God with outstretched hands, knowing Christ gave himself even unto death for us. And we pray for our own needs, to be sure, but always also for the life of the world and all whom God loves, which is every person. So it is that we may become the church by sharing in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers. So it is we may become the church, Christ Church, a community formed by nothing more and nothing less than the love of God in Christ. In just a moment, we'll all be asked that question. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? And let me give you a heads up. The answer is, we will, with God's help. God is not optional. God has declared through his Son, and on this day of Jesus' baptism, that we are not optional. Not now, not ever. So here it is, and I do want to hear your answer. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers? We will, with God's help. Thanks be to God. Amen.